This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Episode 375, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam Show. We're live and living killer. Getting funky like a monkey, if you will, baby. This is Chris Featherstone. We're going to have a lot of fun today, as we do always. 
Uh, today's interview is a interview with uh, the number one contender for the Impact World uh, Heavyweight Championship. That is Michael Elgin. So I'm, uh, uh, I had the interview with him uh, recently, uh, today actually, and I'm going to play that for you. Uh, it's going to be a. It was a really very interesting conversation. He's also a big NBA fan too, so he's going to let you know. Uh, just his thoughts on his team, the Toronto Raptors, actually making it uh, <laughs> to the to the NBA Finals, and so fun, fun interview. And also, I'm all. And here's the fun thing. Here's another fun thing. It was going to be two interviews. I'm going to play, play a very short clip of the interview I had last summer with Bill Goldberg, and his thoughts on competing against the Undertaker. So and who he wants to uh, to to compete against, and uh, so that I, I put pull that clip out, and uh, and I'm gonna play it for you. Uh, I was just very excited about uh, what I saw on SmackDown, and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, so I'm gonna play the clip for you uh, for the interview I had with Bill Goldberg and his thoughts on the Undertaker, and of course we have the Raw and SmackDown review. Uh, and we're going to uh, time permitting, we're going to do some Super Showdown predictions. Uh, the flavor of the week this week is uh, we're going to have a, a very interesting conversation. Uh, could be controversial, but we'll see. The flavor of the week this week is should Nancy Benoit be in the WWE Hall of Fame? I thought about this uh, question a few days ago. And I was like, you know what? And I tweeted it, I believe, as well. I was like, you know what? That would be a really, really good conversation piece, a really good conversation a very good topic for the Flavor of the Week. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it tonight on the show, Flavor of the Week, and uh, we're going to have a great time talking about if Nancy Benoit should be a part of the WWE Hall of Fame. So I'm sure we're going to get to some good chat on that. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's go right into the Michael Elgin interview, and uh, I'll be back on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Featherstone, Pancakes and Power Slams show. I'm really excited to talk about talk to this person about uh, his recent Impact Wrestling debut, crashing the party of Brian Cage, his first uh, Impact uh, World Championship win, celebrates at Rebellion, and all of a sudden this person comes in and crashes the scene. Uh, he's further crashing the scene. A few weeks ago, he won. Uh, against uh, uh, John Johnny Impact and, and Pentagon Jr. to become the number one contender. He's got a big match against Brian Cage at the upcoming Slammiversary pay-per-view. Big things for this person. Of course, he was in Ring of Honor for nearly 10 years, made a big impression in, uh, in, in New Japan, uh, winning the Intercontinental Championship there. And so this person has a huge, huge... Uh, impact over the past 15 years. Also won the Never Openweight Championship at uh, New Japan as well. Uh, so this person, without further ado, doesn't need a big introduction. They call him Big Mike. He is Michael Elgin. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing very well. Yourself? I'm doing great, man. Uh, so, so your boys, the uh, so you're a Toronto guy. Um, yes. Uh, you, you grew up in Toronto, and you know. Interestingly enough, the the Raptors are making some noise in the NBA. How do you feel about that? It didn't seem like that would ever happen, but uh, this, Man, this this may be their year. 
I've been sitting in locker rooms this whole postseason watching games after our matches. It's been unreal. Uh, yeah. You know, I'll never forget. I was in the locker room uh, game seven against Philadelphia when mm-hmm. Kawhi dropped that shot, yep. and I was just losing my mind. And then uh, I actually, I mean, that game ended, and I went right on my phone and ordered tickets for game one against Milwaukee because I'm living in St. Louis currently, so Milwaukee was only like a four-and-a-half-hour drive for me. So oh, nice. uh, I've been playing close attention, and game one was fantastic in this series, but game two I thought we played like crap. So I'm hoping that they pick it up in uh in Golden State tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the very fact that they could, you know, give Golden State some some trouble. I mean, Golden State has been the team over the past, you know, five, six years. And uh, this year, I mean, you know, Cleveland took out Golden State one year, but uh, Toronto is uh, dominating the East Coast, man. So, uh, you know, this this might be it. I, you know, I like Steph. I like Steph Curry. I'm a Bulls fan, so I'm an East Coast fan, too. Uh, okay. But, you know, the Bulls have been trash. For, you know, Toronto's uh, definitely an underdog team, so best wishes to y'all, man. Yeah, thank you, man. It's been unreal. You know, it's funny that, you know, everybody still says that they're an underdog team, but going into the playoffs, you know, they were saying that they had the best bet to beat Golden State in the finals just because of our defense. So I hope yeah. that our defense can pick up and we can uh, make some of those baskets because that third quarter – uh, on game two was killing me <laughs> the run we let Golden State have and couldn't drop yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it just wouldn't fall. It just 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 wouldn't fall in. So, so yeah. you've uh, you've made a huge impact, you know, pun intended, at impact uh, over the past few weeks. Uh, um, how in the world did Michael Elgin land in Impact Wrestling? Of course, uh, you you had a nearly ten year run for ROH until. 2016, I believe, uh, you transitioned to New Japan, uh, made a huge impression there for over the past couple of years, had some awesome matches, uh, had a really good match against Kenny Omega, um, and of course now uh, you're making a huge impression already, uh, just thrust into the, the, the main event scene, uh, have uh, watched the match with you and, and Rich Swan was incredible. The the triple threat match was awesome. How did you land an impact and just uh, what what out of all of the options now? Because the uh, the the world of professional wrestling is full of options now. Why impact wrestling? You know, uh, it was kind of like a perfect storm. Um, I was kind of done being in Japan full time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I have a young son. And I signed with New Japan the same time he was born. I missed his first words, missed his first steps, missed two out of three birthdays. And I just wanted something new. So I really focused on what was going on in the wrestling world in North America so I could be home a little bit more. And watching the Impact pay-per-views and their television product, um, it spoke to me in volumes because I'm a pro wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. You know, sports entertainment is fine, but I'm a pro wrestling fan. That's what I grew up on. That's what I always wanted to be. I never once told people in my life growing up that I wanted to be a sports entertainer. I always said I wanted to be a pro wrestler. And I felt that the TV product and the pay-per-views, the focus was pro wrestling. The focus was who wants to be X division champion? Who wants to be uh, world champion? Who wants tag team champions? Who wants to be knockouts champion? And to me, that matters. You know, we, we all should be fighting for one goal. And that's something that impact has been doing very well. And uh, just the roster is so good. It's got so many guys who, who have really been doing it for a long time and at the top of the game and also such a huge heap of young up and talent that have, you know, I mean, 
if you look at the guys like the Rascals and the Ace Austins and uh, the North and guys like that who are just kind of breaking through with impact, they're so good and only going to get better. And to be able to share a ring with those guys, see them grow and hopefully help them grow, uh, I just felt like, you know, impact was the place for me. Certainly. You, you mentioned the North. Um, uh, recently, you know, we, we've also experienced an impact, an ECW reunion of sorts with uh, RVD and and Dreamer and, and Sabu uh, together uh, basically cleared the house against the, uh, against Moose in the North. Uh, and just that ECW presence and the Impact Wrestling scene just kind of brings that legendary feel to it. Did you ever watch ECW as a wrestling fan? Oh, of course, of course. I remember having to figure out ways to get the TV on, on VHS and the pay-per-views on VHS and uh, everything being in Canada. I mean, the first pay-per-view we ever got was Anarchy Rules 99. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that molded kind of the kind of wrestler I wanted to be because of Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome. Yes. You know, so um, I was on the high alert of searching for ECW tapes before that pay-per-view. And then uh, I was a huge fan. And to see those guys and... Uh, be a part of shows that they're on with impact is really something special. You know, I think that no matter what anybody says, you know, ECW is always going to be something people remember fondly. And those guys, it's, you know, yes, they've been at it for a long time. They might not be the same wrestler that they once were, but I mean, time and, and the damage that we do ourselves and the damage that the ECW guys did themselves. I mean, you can't ask them to be, but they still work so hard and are so smart and offer so much, not just to the company itself, but to the younger talent who's there and growing as performers. I mean, they're just wonderful to have on the show. And the fact that they're joining together and being with impact is amazing. Certainly. And and it's funny because, uh, that anarchy rules 99, uh, pay-per-view, uh, that ended with, uh, RVD in the main event, uh, defeating balls Mahoney. Uh, interestingly enough, that was for the ECW television championship the world championship uh, match between awesome and tanaka uh, that was kind of the you know toward the end of the car but that wasn't even the main event and to me it just goes to show how important just branding yourself as a uh, as a name and it, it seems like a lot of times what we see branding isn't necessarily a big part of wrestling it's just wrestling and which is all, which is great, but at the same time, branding is very, very important because if RVD didn't really brand himself and, and make himself a star at ECW, he wouldn't have that same presence now. So in your opinion, how important is just the branding part and not necessarily wrestling because we're in a very wrestling-heavy society now. How important is a character still in professional wrestling? You know, I... Uh... When you talk about Robin Van Dam, I don't know. See, it's hard to say, like, character, you know. I, I think when you say character, I think of, like, gimmick instead of just a personality. I think if you have a personality that people can relate to, mm-hmm. um, that that kind of draws people to you. You know, Rob Van Dam wasn't over the top. He was just, from what I can tell from speaking with him in locker rooms over the years and now with impact, that's just Rob Van Dam on TV, mm-hmm. maybe amplified a little bit. 
And I think that that's how people connect more, you know? Um, so I think something that people can relate to or something that people can grasp onto, you know, when I wrestle my, my whole thought process is I want people that are watching this to think I'm hurting someone, mm. you know, cause we do get hurt. We do, we do get beat up. You know, the physicality levels at the top, I've seen people who have played pro sports come into a wrestling ring and not be able to handle one day of training. We don't have time off. There's no off season. We wrestle, you know, 150 to 200 to sometimes 250 matches a year, mm-hmm. you know? So it's definitely, it's definitely grueling on the body, but you know, also in that fact, people know what wrestling is nowadays. And if I can make people think, okay, he's walking through the curtain, somebody's getting hurt. Then I feel that that portrays the people. And that is what people remember me by. And I think that one thing that catches the audience that they can think about you when they see you hit a curtain is super important. So I absolutely, you know, Rob Van Dam being Rob Van Dam and then Rob Van Dam being the performer that he is, uh, really has people holding in high regard, which they should. And that definitely puts eyes on him and impact at the same time. I agree with that, and I, and I also agree with the fact that our you know, RVD wasn't it wasn't um, necessarily a uber gimmick, but at the same time he was like you know he he did fulfill the character, especially when he was with uh, uh, Sabu uh, and uh, Bill Alfonso. You know he right. was like I'm the man. Everybody look at me. I'm pointing to myself. You know I me. Mean? He still he still had that type of gimmick to it now you know he was real cool and chill still so it was still him amplified and a lot of legendary wrestlers do say that it's you know basically yourself amplified and i think just your physique alone shows you know that you know michael's nobody to mess with you know what i mean and 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 speaking of your physique you leaned out a lot especially and i saw the people saw the transition within you know, your uh, ROH to New Japan, what exactly did you do? Because you, you've always been just a, a house, you know, f- physically, uh, but you started to lean out a lot more. What a part of your diet plan or, or what, what caused that and, and how, did, how did that come about? You know, I just for years, I just ate and power lifted. You know, that was kind of my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was only concerned about strength, you know, I wasn't so concerned about body and not, not that I didn't work to be in shape and condition for wrestling. Just like when I was about wrestling, you know, everybody wore trunks, everybody had abs and I wanted to be different. And then over the time, you know, the landscape started to change, body started to change. And also the power lifting and just eating as much as I ate was just kind of tearing down my body a little bit, you know, two, 280, 290 every day walking around and wrestling around and, and working out and stuff isn't the best on your knees and joints. So I just decided to uh, do the keto diet and then lean out a little bit. Luckily I kept my strength on everything except squats. I can still squat heavy, but it's uh, I think that the, a little bit of dropping weight and a little bit of my knees have been taking damage since I was 14 doing this pro wrestling. So, so yeah, it was mainly just, I, I started zoning in on, on more bodybuilding style weight training instead of powerlifting and nice. started cutting out the carbs. Nice. Now, what was your, what was a typical, you know, uh, diet or typical day in the life of uh, Michael Elgin when it comes to meal wise, when you were doing more powerlifting, uh, like meal regimen? 
man, every morning was the same. It was a, a cup of oatmeal with peanut butter and sugar-free jam in it with, uh, with um, four eggs, four egg whites, and then some kind of protein meat base. So whether it be fish or, or, or chicken, uh, and like I was eating constantly every two hours and the next one would be, you know, a big bowl of chicken and rice. And before my workout, I'd have a pre-made shake that also had oats and banana and peanut butter in it with my protein, some almond milk. Yeah. And then like after was always, you know, a sweet potato and some steak. And then usually later on, I would have maybe one more carb meal, which was usually like brown rice with some protein. And then before bed, I'd have a, a casein shake and a couple of scoops of peanut butter. And now it's pretty much similar. Just, we cut out all the carbs. Wow. Wow. That's uh that is a very, very plentiful <laughs> food intake <laughs> for. Yeah. For, I, I like to eat as a, like I got a, I got a bag and a half full of food for, oh. the, for the trip. So I got like a cooler full with a bunch of cold meals and then I got, got a bunch of dry food and everything in the, in a bag, so I'm I'm set for at least a couple of days here in New York. <laughs> nice, awesome. All right, so you got Slam Anniversary coming up. Uh, you got a huge match. You know, just you know, a very short time after your Impact Wrestling debut, you you've got the the biggest match of the night uh, with with Brian Cage. Now you are interestingly enough for those who don't know, you were former tag team champions with Brian Cage uh, in PWG. Uh, that's probably yep. a, that's probably a statistic that not a lot of people know, but uh, it's it's funny because former tag team champions and and now you come full circle uh, with him, with with being his opponent uh, uh, at Slammiversary. What are your just uh, just first um, you know first hand thoughts? Just uh, thoughts right before the show and uh, let Brian Cage know what uh, what you have in store for him. It's simple, you know. It's not personal. It's about being champion. Um, being champion of a company means you're the best in the ring. It means that you're the best representative for that brand. And that's what I want. I want to show the world just how good I am. I want to show the world that I'm the type of person, the type of wrestler that you put a championship on and you let lead the company into this. And that's what it's about for me. It doesn't matter if it was Brian or anybody else being world champion. I want to be world champion. It just happens that Brian Cage won the championship. Awesome. Well, July 7th, that would be the big day for you in Dallas, Texas. Impact. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Slammiversary, the uh, 17th version of it. Uh, big night for you. Best, is, best wishes to you, uh, Michael. Go Toronto and uh, let the listeners know where to find you on social media. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at MichaelUglin25 and I'm on Instagram at Michael, uh, Big Mike Impact. So, oh, awesome. hopefully you can follow me over there and uh, keep up the tabs on what I'm doing. And awesome, awesome. Once again, Michael Elgin, number one contender for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Impact Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, Sunday, July 7th, Slammiversary 17 and uh, at Gillies, Dallas in Dallas, Texas. Been a pleasure, Mike, and have a good day, man. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. All right, big uh, big ups to Michael Elgin for the um, for the interview there for Slammiversary. It'll be a really interesting, um, uh, very interesting match with him and Brian Cage. I've had Brian Cage on the on the match on the show twice, and so uh, I might have him back on before Slammiversary. We'll see. 
Uh, I've got uh, a few cool interviews coming up for the past, uh, in the next few weeks, actually. Um, I recorded one. Two of them are going to be live next week and then the week after. And then um, the week after that is, is one I recorded. Uh, so uh, I think Lexi will like this one. Uh, and some more Dark Side of the Ring chat with another former world-class uh, and former GWF uh, name, also former WWE name. Uh, so <clears throat> very, very interesting and very cool conversation I have with this person. And I will uh, be letting you guys know about that uh, coming up soon. Once again, uh, that was the interview with uh, Michael Elgin. Um, the guy always been just a machine. I've been following his work for quite some time now, uh, especially his ROH work. Um, and there's new Japan after that. And, uh, it'll be a really interesting, a really cool, hard hitting, uh, match between him and Brian Cage. I'm really looking forward to it for Slammiversary on July the 7th. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, like I said, I'm going to play uh, a little later on when we get to the SmackDown portion of the show. I'm going to play the interview that I had um, with uh, Goldberg last year and play a little like a 30 sec- 30 second clip about a 30 second clip uh, about his uh, thoughts on on The Undertaker. And so uh, we will get that started. Of course, hashtag ask Chris. You know, that's one of my favorite parts of the show is to have some organic chat, some good conversation about uh, my life and my thoughts on professional wrestling. And uh, we'll jump right into the headlines. Before that, let's go into a trivia question. What pay-per-view did the first Money in the Bank cash-in occur? What pay-per-view did the first Money in the Bank cash-in occur? Looking forward to you all on the show today. All right. <clears throat> uh, need a mod going on here. All right. Uh, no, not Mania. Definitely not Mania. Definitely not Mania. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump in the headlines. You know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. Headlines. Here we go. So let's start off with John Moxley. Rose. Good job. Good job. New Year's Revolution 2006. New Year's Revolution 2006. Rose uh, knows trivia. Um, so yeah, let's talk about let's talk about John Moxley here. So John Moxley had a uh, a breakaway, uh, some type of, uh, removal from cult or something like, it just seems like as a theologian slash forensic psychology, I, I, I'm really looking to see where I want to pinpoint that. I've had some good conversations. I want to integrate theology with forensic psychology for more of a, uh, escaping from cults type thing. And, um, just the psychological ramifications of that good and bad. And I, I love theology and, and, and psychology, uh, specifically from a forensic standpoint. 
So I just had this conversation with someone yesterday um, that goes to my church. And I was like, you know what? I was look, I was looking at, you know, just all the interviews that he's had, especially the one with Jericho. And man, it just seems like Moxley has like escaped a cult, man. And this guy, <laughs> he shoots on Vince McMahon something fierce. And uh, I'm about to read uh, some. Um, I'm about to read some. Um, some quotes from him. Uh, GSP's asked, "How's the training?" Um, I want to train, but food is just too good. Help. <laughs> Um, training's going fantastic, man. I am, uh, like super duper, uh, like on, I'm just addicted to the gym again. And, um, that's a healthy addiction, I guess you can say. Um, so, and, and, uh, you know, I am very excited about just my renaissance back in the gym. And uh, I love lifting weights, man. It's uh, so therapeutic. So it's awesome. What's up, Tammy? What's up, Ken? How's everybody doing? We are loading up the PNP Nation, the PNP Nut Gallery. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's bring on the co host with the most, Evan Tech Proud. How are you tonight, sir? Doing all right, man. Getting survived Monday night. I getting over this bad cough and cold. With these 50 minutes of wrestling on Raw, 115 minutes of talking, and 45 minutes of commercials. We're here. Shout out <laughs> to my man Michael Elgin. Great guy. I met him before. Definitely do not sound like he looks. So I'm uh, definitely proud of him, true, man. True, true. Really proud. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Good old Mott. Yeah, let's talk uh, about Moxley talking about. Yeah, this. let's talk about let's talk and, about uh, Moxley creative being free from the uh, from the cage. <laughs> and uh, yikes, man! I'm gonna read some quotes from this guy um, about just his views on um, on Vince. I'm gonna read the quotes from the Way Keller uh, podcast that he was on. Now he, you know, he said stuff on the Jericho podcast that um, you know he was. It was kind of like a, a freedom speech, so to speak. But he just went in uh, on Vince uh, McMahon on the on Keller's podcast from PW Torch. And I'm going to read some quotes here. Um, let's address any few questions. Um, I knew the GSP's asking. I knew the brand split is definitely over when Alexis showed up. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, goodness. God bless you too, Michael. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, it it's. I've shared it with. I've shared that before. I I just don't like it. I just don't like what I see with this. And 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 again, it's very confusing. Here here's the thing: is the non-split. Okay, so you're not splitting anymore, basically. Just like I said, the top people are still on the top. Who, what new person have they made since the split hasn't been over? Apollo Crews is still, he just went from Raw to SmackDown, lateral movement. He's still basically 
just in purgatory, so to speak, um, mid card purgatory, and uh, Cesaro, um, you know, he moved over, but he's just, you know, he's lost two out of three against Ricochet. Ricochet's wallowing in the mid card. They haven't made a star from the fact that the, I mean it had a better opportunity if if the brand was split but since now it's not split anymore it's the same yeah. people on the top uh, <laughs> and it's like uh, even uh, when you had a brand split in 0203 at least it gave people like Eddie Guerrero uh, uh, opportunities it gave people Edge, like Edge Ray, opportunities Christian opportunities yes Grey Mysterio Ray. uh and it was it was Cena so yes yeah, Cena. It was so many people that you had offered, even Booker T. Um, uh, you know, even, uh, even Booker T. So nowadays, you're not giving them any. You're you're doing a terrible job because the brand split was supposed to build stars like it did back in oh two oh three, but you're not yeah. even doing that nowadays. Chavo Guerrero, I says that's another one. Yeah. <clears throat> It, 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 it's this. I said I, I literally just got off air myself. Look at this. It's been 18 years since 2001, 2002. 18 years. Because yep. my daughter's about to turn 18. She was born in 01. WWE has only produced four, four, four blockbuster crossover names: Brock, Captain Full Kid Cena. Randy Orton that's lazy now, and Dave Batista, yep. Drax, the Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy. That is it. Yep. Roman Reigns, he's newer. That is it. Don't talk about Ziggler, Apollo. No, I'm talking about right. names that you put their name on a marquee. Yep. You can be a casual fan. You can be a, 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 a you can be a <laughs> traditional fan. You're going to watch it. Yep. 18 years. If you was a baseball organization, anybody that loves sports, let's imagine it. If you was any organization, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, in 18 years you've only produced four homegrown talents. Right. Come on, man. Right. That's it. And now you wonder why you got Oldberg. My buddy just said Goldberg against Takers, like Batman against Wolverine. Old man Logan. <clears throat> wonder why WWE got Keith Thorne and Brock, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Thing, Triple H and Radio for the ninety-two thousand times. I said, "Come on, no, what, like there's no, there's no new stars. Yep. Like SmackDown is great, but I mean, in 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 WWE, the 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 heavyweight champions, Seth Rollins and Kofi. And you know, Kofi wasn't there tonight. You know why? He went back home. That's cool. Wakanda. That's great. <laughs> but think about it. They're not even they're not even promoted or built as heavyweight champions. Yeah. Look what they did with Brock yesterday. Yep. They act like Seth Rollins was the challenger. Seth is the champion. Right. It's exactly. like like he. It's, oh, we go all uh, on and on about that, but yeah, yeah. yeah. fired up, buddy, like Black Bart. Fired yeah. up. <laughs> Ain't a that damn thing you can do about it. Yeah. Go thing. Uh yeah, you're right, man. I mean, you're right. Um, you know, they have. They're not even doing a good job making Kofi a star. <clears throat> he has the title and I'm I'm a Kofi guy. Everybody knows I'm a Kofi guy. Huge New Day fan. But I mean at the end of the day, 
they're not even making Kofi look like a main event star. I mean, as much as it hurts to say this, Kofi Kingston still looks like a mid card guy, and and that's basically that's that's what they're doing. That's what the WWE's doing, and it's and it's a really and it's really really sad because. On SmackDown, and I actually liked Raw on SmackDown this week because I'm an old school guy. So when you bring up, you know, people can snark and, and, and complain all you want. <clears throat> but when you bring up characters, I, I, I tweeted this. I said, uh, I'll wait till we get the Raw on SmackDown uh, review. But I was talking about, I was tweeting about just how what we saw at the end of SmackDown was better than 90% of the matches I saw all year because it's all about characters. <clears throat> and WWE has done such a lousy job with building stars. I remember there was uh, Ryback said one time on his podcast that Triple H had a, uh, a conversation with him. And Triple H was talking about how <clears throat> he doesn't want anybody to be bigger than the business anymore. And it's like, that pretty much says it all. Like, you can see that so clearly that WWE, WWE with the with John Cena, he's the last person. I mean, they don't want anybody bigger than the business anymore. And that's to their detriment. You know, it's it's, it's really sad. I'm, I'm going to read some stuff that uh, Dean Ambrose is saying. Um, great comments on here. Uh, ask Chris... Um, there's some good comments on here. Let me address them. Kimbo's asking, uh, when does a champion relinquish the title to someone they beat? Hinting to Ray and Samoa Joe. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, why? Right. <laughs> you should vacate the title and at least make matches on Raw mean something. The Cesaro and Ricochet, that goes to show how you can wrestle until you break a leg, literally, and that's still and have a five star match, and that still is nothing compared to developing characters. And no at least, and at least give me something to be interested in. Give me a story arc. Give me something instead of just a match. That U.S. title could have been vacated on Raw, and. You could have had a series of matches. You have all these. You're throwing all these people in this 24/7 stuff, which Archuve is doing a fantastic job. But at the end of the day, it makes it just makes all of them look like low card, on the shelf, just you know nobodies, really. Um, but I, I, I mentioned this <coughs> with the titles. WWE's bringing back 15 titles. Wow. 15 titles. When they bring back the Cruiserweight division, they're going to rebrand it. They're going to have 205 Live. 15 titles in the WWE. Terrible. I think the, the most we ever, back in the day, was we had the world title, the tag WWE-wise, WWE after the world title, the IC title, the tag title, the European title. What was that there? The hardcore title. That's five ranked the women. That was six. That's the max we had was six. Then you throw in the, the SmackDown tag titles. Okay, that was seven. Hardcore title was gone by then. Throwing the U.S. title. Okay, that still runs off that seven. 
I mean, seven was what the max. The Cruiserweight Championship, that was eight. That's it. That was on two shows. In the NWA back in the day, WCW, world title. Then you had the U.S. tag titles at one point, the, the, the world tag titles, the TV title, U.S. title. That was it. What was it? And here's the thing. They, they even made the U.S. tag team titles important. When they were having, you right. know, the the, uh, the Midnight Express feud with the Fantastics and uh, the Young Pistols, Fabulous you know, ones, yeah, right, was, yeah, it was dynamic dudes. Yeah, it was it was awesome, man. Uh, the 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 U.S. title was Some awesome. I loved, I loved it, and they even made it look <laughs> important. And that you're just throwing, you know, I think somebody made a comment on here. Titles don't mean anything anymore, and they're so they're so right. Um, but I, I think the U S title back to the, the, the point about, uh, Ray Mysterio relinquishing the title to someone he beat for it. What in the world was that? <laughs> and, uh, Come on, man. I mean, you could, you could easily have done a U.S. title tournament and you could have even carried that over to the, um, the, the, right. uh, super showdown. You could have done, uh, the Cesaro and and Ricochet matches could have meant something, uh, you know. EC3, Bobby Roode, uh, Chad Gable. EC3. There's there's yeah, and, and there's and there's so many yeah. people on. For, okay, here's the thing, you're about to have Alistair fifty Black. people in a battle royal, so it goes to show that there's certainly there's certainly not a deficiency in number of roster members. The deficiency is in the creative. They could have easily it's had good. a a eight man U.S. title tournament that could have been on Raw. You could have done four matches on Raw. That could have been the first round, and then you could have had the um, the semifinals and the finals on uh, Showdown Super Showdown. That would have been much more intriguing just to, than than just to see Ricochet versus. Cesaro week after week after week. Yes, the matches are good, for what? but what I'm they, tired. There's nothing to it. <laughs> There's nothing for what it. What are they feeding for? I mean, we're, exactly. We're, we're tired of seeing Corbin, and when it was Corbin and Lashley and Drury, or any combination of the three against the team, it, it makes no sense. Why right. are we fighting? What's the point of fighting? Yeah. Is this Cesaro, the, the 2001 graphics that is still wearing the old types of new graphics. <laughs> right. Ricochet's great, but no character. What are you, Ricochet? He comes on like he's one of the new Avengers in Phase 5. And I love Ricochet. The Prince Pullman. He had the mask on. It was great. <clears throat> you take the mask off, and I know he's a good buddy of yours person, and, you know, good dude, good dude too. I'm not a bit. So what's the point of us watching these people wrestle? For what? You did. You got worlds collide. They could have yeah. took left knee gets injured again. All right, cool. Left knee gives up the title. You could have threw that in the mix of the Worlds Collide, the UK, NXT, the NXT. You could have threw that around for the U.S. title. Alistair Black, what is he doing? Sitting under these tunnels talking. Like, where are you? <clears throat> You're trying to fight Somebody someone. knock on the door <laughs> and fight me. <laughs> what? what? And we don't that? even know what he is anymore. It's like it's yeah. Lars, you know, is one word that describes me. Right, yeah, we all know that word. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. Yeah, unfortunate. Man, but Shawn Michaels, when he lost his smile, he gave it up to Dean Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Like good old buddy um, Shane, you did. Let's see. Um, these questions are. Let me address some of these questions here. Ask Chris. GSP said Bray Channel has entered Simon Dean with a recent sack. Yes, the Simon system, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Mo said uh, Eli Dre liked his tweet about him going to AEW. Oh, interesting. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, Eli Drake. I've had him on my show before. Um, what else we got here? We got uh, Lexi asked a pretty good question. I'm going to find it here. Lexi Express. The Lexi Express. All right, here we go. Lexi. Here we go. With the rumors circulating, um, let me just bounce to the other one here. Okay, with the rumor circulating that Big E is due to turn heel and betray Kofi, um, keeps going down here. Let's see. Let's just, okay, here we go. With the rumor circulating that Big E is due to turn heel and betray Kofi at the upcoming Super Showdown, do you believe the angle will be pushed? Um, and Big E finally have a title reign? I don't, and that's and that's the issue. <laughs> That's the issue I have. No, I do not believe that Big E is going to have a title reign as a heel. They're trying. I mean, they're at the point now where they're just throwing people at Kofi Kingston and hoping that it sticks. Oh, gosh, it's 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 terrible. It's it's terrible that that they're saying, okay, well, we're really we're going to break up the new day. First of all, where the heck does that leave Xavier Woods if y'all break up the New Day? Or or you have a two-man New Day, which is still weird. And you break up and you have Big E uh, go against Kofi Kingston. Absolute filler. They're not going to have Big E win the world t- title. He, We've seen Big E as a, as a heel. He was Dolph Ziggler's muscle. He was with, uh, you know, A.J. Lee. And it's like it's it's ridiculous because they actually think that we're going to say, okay, well, Big E's a main event talent as a heel, and the dude is the most hilarious guy in the New Day. Can super can totally get over. He could he could be uh, one of the biggest baby faces, but you're going to have him force himself to be heel, and for the for the uh, uh, fans to actually think that Big E is a main event star. And here's what's even worse. And I'm, I got to read these Moxley quotes so we can stay <clears throat> on track here. But here's what's even worse. The New Day as a faction is a WWE Hall of Fame inductee. Yes. Big E as a singles. And I love Big E. Um, no. <laughs> Xavier Woods, okay. no. You know what I mean, like uh, um, Kofi Kingston. <laughs> no, as much as I like Kofi, let's, no. You know, so let's break. Let's break this down real quick before we get to Moxley. Anybody with any sense of business, any sense of money, with this McMahon, you have a million, multi-million dollar company right now. Your revenue's down. Your livelihoods are down. A lot of attendance down and people are dropping the network. 
You have one few things in the company right now that's working that's making you hella money besides Saudi Arabia, which they don't even call it no more, because now in the PR backlash, that's making you money and that's the new day. So why in the cream cheese would you break up new day that's making you hella money right now when you're losing ratings, your ratings suck, not only that, you have the cons, which Vince is scared of right now, that's legit inside WWE. He's worried because guess what? The cons are multi-billionaires that work more than Vince. Their Jacksonville Jaguars revenue is over $100 million. Their soccer team is worth over $8 billion. And their sports analytics company is worth over a million. So anything you can do to bring in money for your company that's not doing as well, they're not going anywhere to create some kind of positive revenue in the black, why in the cream cheese would you break them up? It right. makes no sense. Right. You no know, one cared about Big E when he wasn't with New Day. He was just a heavy for Dolph Ziggler. Right. No one cared about Dolph Ziggler then. What was Consequence of Creed doing? We didn't care about him. What was right. Wiz going to do without New Day? Play video games with AJ Styles? No. And Kofi, what was that song? He got to push when he was a single. He dumped paint or radio in his car. Oh, by the way, Dad got sidetracked and he forgot about that story. Yeah, that was, that was 10 years ago. That's you know, and that and that crazy. That was ten years ago, two thousand nine, when he was feuding with Randy Orton, almost slipped uh, in off the car after he pours the paint. Right. It's ten years ago, and it goes to show that there's. I mean, as much as I like all three of them, I mean Tammy. I think Tammy made a really good uh, um, comment. New New Day as a whole is money. Leave it alone. Simple as that. Simple as that. Did you uh, care when Rollins? Did you care about the shield? What's the shield without one of them? No. When Seth turned heel, it always a plan B. Did you care about Reigns and Ambrose? No. Did you care about the Freebirds and Cole Terry Gordy? No. It, 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 you three men teams. Would you watch the Justice League without Batman? No. Would you watch it without Wonder Woman? No. Would you watch the Avengers without Thor, Captain America? No. So why would you mess up New Day? Great comments, guys. Uh, Kimbo says, let New Day win the SmackDown Tag uh, Team Championships. Keep this train going. Absolutely. Have Xavier and Big E win the Tag Team titles while Kofi has the world uh, WWE title. Brandon says, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it. There it is right there. Um, uh, Eli has an Ask Chris question. With the 24-7 title stuff uh, with Raw and SmackDown and 205 Live, guys, how about let it, let's let make a match. <clears throat> um, let's make a match for them guys to help the ratings. It's not that hard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the only thing is there's it's just, an, it's just an oversaturation of talent, and it's clear that WWE is just holding people – Hostage. I mean, let's be honest here. Like with with AEW, I still can't say much about AEW right now. Um, you know, so far so good as far as just their 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 popularity and, and their their presence. Um, they haven't been on TV, so I don't know. Um, but at the same time, it's clear that they're holding people hostage. So, um, and and because of that, you have a lot of people who are unhappy. And it's unfortunate. Let me address a few of these here. Um, I do want to want to make sure that I address all these extra questions. Cody's asking, uh, "What do I think of the Devil McMahon puppet?" I thought it was hilarious. Very, 
very cool twist <laughs> to brace brace thing uh, a lot of people probably feel that way too a lot of wrestlers probably feel that way uh yeah thanks for the shout out lexi uh be sure to give that thumbs up for everybody who there's a awesome interaction going on tonight in the pnp nation be sure to drop the thumbs up she says that um Please drop those thumbs up for Chris. We have a couple of Pete's hating at the moment. <laughs> Somebody gets a uh, applause. <clears throat> Lexi gets an applause. Um, all right. I think that's it. If you asked one and didn't, uh, and I didn't answer, my apologies. Ask it again. Hashtag ask Chris. If I did not, there's a lot of interaction in the chat tonight, which is awesome. That's a good problem to have. Um, Eli says, let the New Day stay. I want to see an Undisputed Era versus New Day match. Mm, how about turn Big E heel next World Rumble? No, I don't turn him heel at all. We've seen Big E as a heel. Yeah. Like, we, we don't, who, who wants Big E as a heel? I mean, like, he's, he's already done that. He's, he's, he's been there, done that. But I love the idea of Undisputed Era versus New Day. I love, I love that idea. All right, so let me read these quotes, uh, <laughs> from, Dean Ambrose, <clears throat> he says, uh, uh, he says, looking back, Vince is like the problem. Vince himself is a problem. It's a shame. I'm telling you, that's the problem. I was, <clears throat> I was just there. I know the ins and outs. He's a problem. It's a shame because there's so much great talent. There may have been uh, more talent there. There may have never been more talent there. All the wrestlers are awesome. The pool of talent is incredible, and the resources they have with the television and the network, it should be so great. And one guy, and the one guy screwing up, screwing it up, I think, is Vince. Everyone seems to like NXT. I've never been there to see how the days go, so I can't speak about how it is in NXT, but everybody seems to like the show. What's the key ingredient that's missing? Vince. He's the guy who, quote, created wrestling. Now, he's the guy who's holding his own company back. He needs to step aside or take a break. Maybe you should let Hunter run things for a month and see what happens. I have all the respect in the world for Vince because no one, nobody works harder. But Vince is supposed to be a genius. There have been moments where I was wrong, and Vince was right. I had a match with Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, and I, want, and I wanted to build a, a, to a moment <clears throat> where I got him, where I want him, but I have to punish him. Uh, my idea, which sounds ridiculous now, I wanted to take a pair of pliers from under the ring and go rip his tongue out. I was convinced that it was a good idea. We pitch it to Vince, and he goes, no, nope, that's too much. He says, could you, could you curb stop him? <laughs> it was perfect. It was the most over thing in the match. <clears throat> After the match, we're like, OVKM is still the man. He's still a genius. I always try to give him the benefit of the doubts that uh, <clears throat> even when I go to the ring and think an idea sucks, but it's Vince's idea, I'm going to try my best because I might be wrong <clears throat> and Vince might be right. More often than not, I go out there and I go, nope, this idea sucks. Over time and looking back, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of the, quote, genius that is Vince McMahon. In the 80s, he was a genius when he created Hulkamania and took over the territories. In 2019, I don't think he knows what the blank is going on. He needs to figure it out or step aside. Uh, hashtag to fight for, for those quotes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, 
And and I would imagine and he and he was a world champ. Let's let's get this let's let's be clear here. He was a world mm-hmm. champ. So just imagine people who are in the undercard. I'm sure that they probably not only agree, but uh, feel worse than that. So uh, I agree. Yeah, well, he's, he's right. It is Vince is a genius when it comes to marketing, promotion, the machine. Like like my good old buddy Stephen Ray always keeps saying. All oh, y'all want wrestling is the right quote. Vince doesn't do wrestling. He's sports entertainment. Is <laughs> that's what he is? Yeah. Like Vince is not a tag team guy. He never was. These are direct and these are these are legit words. This isn't anything we coming off the top of our head, man. Because no people that work with Vince has been to Vince's house. Hulkamania was great. You had the machine. Also, Vince did have Pat Patterson. He had J.J. Dillon, good close friend of mine. He had, you know, Bruce Prichard doing the whole Hulkamania, you know. During the Monday Night Wars, you had the Russos, the Cornets. He had wrestling people that helped him yep. with ideas. <clears throat> now you even just got a bunch edit, of writers even, who you hire from Timbuktu and, and, and the movies, and you don't have that authentic it, it, feel um, from, you it, know. Right. Like, yeah, you don't have that feel. You got feeling. 40 writers. Yeah. I, I'm, I, you know, in our personal lives, I, know I, I, live in, I live in Baltimore, but you already know it's notorious. I'm not going to ask you, Chris, to write what it's like to live in Baltimore. You have no idea. True. You don't live in the hood in the city. I'm not going to ask you to write because you don't know about it. Yep. I'm not going to write about what it's like to live in Columbus, Ohio, even though I've been there. I don't know what the culture is like there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to get my doctorate because you're doing it now. I'm an IT professionalist. I'm not going to ask you to write about You don't. And the point I'm making, don't stop asking people to write stuff that they don't know about. Right. Like Kevin Nash said, you exactly. write a story about having sex, but you got virgin writers. Right. They don't know about that. Yeah. Look, look at the cop angle book on the Rousey. We know what it's like to deal with cops. Yep. Whoever wrote that clearly didn't. Right. Oh, I can get arrested. And I can clearly have freedom to kick. You yeah, know, right, I, exactly. I can, I can have freedom to kick. And then, and then poke my head out, and poke face. my head out like, like that. And, just, and, and all of a sudden, uh, Charlotte's getting arrested, but she has every right to just kick uh, Rousey in the head while she's getting arrested. Oh, okay, yeah. That's not resisting uh, look, look, charges. Look, <laughs> look, Shorty, I see you, GHP. I see y'all talking about my vulnerable accent. It's all cool, Shorty, and too. I said it. But it's the thing. And then Ronda Rousey got out of the back. She just downloaded to the front of the seat and tried to drive. What <laughs> cops were you dealing with? Right. Clearly not in Baltimore. Someone who look wants to get wire. suspended. I know people. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, look, look, look at Columbus. <laughs> uh, you know how the cops is in Columbus. Oh, no yeah. need to say Cincinnati because I got family living in Cincinnati. Please. Yeah. It, just, you, you got 40, 50 writers. Marvel movies don't even have that many writers. Right. Then you got all these writers writing about stuff. You ain't never wrestled, but you writing about having a match. And even if you've never wrestled, like I, I can even give someone who was like an avid, like lifer WWE right. fan who exactly. knows the ins and outs, who's who's watched tons of footage, you know, like. I can see that. Like if if you've if if you've really immersed yourself 
in the product and there's a genuine love for the product, that will ooze out. But it's clear that there's not a genuine passion for the product as far as the fan base. The consumer base is not being appeased right now. It's showing that there's not a passion for the business because it's you're getting what's oozing out. And what's oozing out is lackluster writing. And I've said this before, and I've talked to many um, wrestlers. I've interviewed over 150 people on the show. At the end of the day, this is how it goes. Even if there are writers that have good ideas, Vince McMahon is the ultimate veto power. He's he's the juggernaut, and he gets he has veto privileges. And from what I've heard from many, many, many people that wrestled in the WWE, is that they had so many ideas that were vetoed right beforehand that were even uh you know that were even okay. like teased to happen and caused someone to get excited and then they vetoed it like last minute and it just just think about how someone ha- just think about if someone has an idea and this is the idea that's going to give them finally some type of notoriety finally some type of uh credibility take them to the next level, finally get this idea and they get the go ahead and they said, okay, we're going to debut it on next week's raw. And so if I, if that was me, if I pitched an idea to McMahon and I've been like a lower mid card, mid card guy for the past six months and I pitch an idea to Vince and I said, okay, this is, this is what it's it. This is, this is it. This is the idea. This is going to take me to the next level. I guarantee you the fans will like it and it's something that you will be very proud of, Vince. Just give me a chance, let me do it. And if not, we can drop it. But at least give me the opportunity to say that this idea that I keep dreaming about and I can't stop thinking about will be entertained and will be executed. And Vince says, All right, man, I'll believe in you. Go ahead and do it. You know, we'll we'll bring it on next raw, next week, next Monday. And so if I get that approval and if I leave Vince's office with him approving a, a idea that I that's at least going to give me some type of notoriety and some type of uh, television exposure after just basically being on the sidelines, sitting on the bench for six months with barely rarely coming in and out on TV, doing some run ins every now and then and some backstage <laughs> segments, I will be excited. I'm right. calling everybody. I'm calling my family. I'm calling my friends. I'm going to be on Raw next week. Check it out at nine o'clock. I've got. I'm going to be on in, in this segment. I'm debuting my new character. I've been out for a few months. Refresh my character. I'm yeah. coming in nine o'clock. Check it out Raw, and then an hour before, a uh, a Chris uh, Vince wants you in his office. Yeah, so uh, we were thinking about that idea, and uh, it's a it's a great idea. You're you're a, you're a genius. Yeah. You are a genius, yeah. but I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna we're gonna press pause on that idea. Keep thinking about it and come back Go to me in three way. months. Translation: We're not going to do the idea and move on. And, and so I, my whole world is crashed down to pieces because I've told all of my family and friends this is the night nine o'clock raw, and now my idea is done. 
And JTG talked about how he initially pitched the uh, the little uh, Jimmy idea. And, uh, you know, you know, he said, talked about that on my show. And, you know, basically it was put on the sideline, put on the sideline. And then he sees, and I, I love our truth, big, our truth fan. And you can't blame our truth for it. I mean, he's getting an opportunity, but he sees our truth do it. And he's like, wait a minute. Like <laughs> that, that was my idea. I pitched like, what are you doing? If, and so, you know, if you're not it's sad, <clears throat> if you're not on the upper, if you're not a legend, if you're not uh, a flare, a dusty, because you got to remember, remember, good old dusty baby, Billy well, if you will. Remember, dusty did the promo with Stephanie. And remember, dusty went off script, and they kind of tried to say dusty got trouble. But what are you gonna do to dusty? He a legend. Yeah. If you're not dusty, you're not funk or a legend or the Michaels or the Triple H's or the Orton's. You can't go off script. No. You do anything. Uh, I talk to Nash a lot. Good dude. I talk to Scott Hall. They, they, they talk about it all the time during the natural days. I be going to listen to your idea. I'm telling you, our idea is better. Okay. Once you go out there live, what are they going to do? And if we had that power, like you said, you can't, you can't do anything. It's, it's so scripted. Can we talk about the laziest promo ever of all? Or in Triple H. I, 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 I literally felt like. When I felt like after we ate them burgers, Chris, and we was at uh, what's the burger place in New York? Maybe we there. That uh, that burger place, man. What was it? I felt like I ate three of those. That was the laziest segment. And to show you the state of WWE, and and I know this is Fiji. This go what you said. They used the word balls, and it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> they said balls. Really, is a segment that lame? They all look like he basically was was shot up with Novocaine, and then you got Triple H coming out, same walk, same beard, same fat back in his head, same suit. It was so lazy. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, get your balls out of Stephanie's purse. <laughs> well, you know, I gotta tell you, you know, my you boy, never had you any. Know, it's hard to hurt. Yeah, it ain't. It's like really, like come on, just four kids. What is going? They're just so big, I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you got to say, uh, you know, uh, it yeah. takes a lot, you know, holding them, you know, because you never had any. Uh, right. like, yeah. Come on. I, I, is that the state we're in? That that, <laughs> that word, and it only saying it's balls, has been exclamated to the 12 words you cannot say on professional professional. You can't say can't say belt. <laughs> you can't say belt. Yeah. You can't, can't say, say can't say wrestling. You can't. We're not wrestlers. You yeah. can't say Davis. Kevin Dunn. Cut it. Cut it. You can say balls. I actually you saw the list. Belt. I actually saw the list of. Cause I've done some media. <laughs> I did some media listening? stuff. Yeah, I did some media. I mean, I, I had a media pass uh, for um, access at WrestleMania, and I've seen the list of what. <laughs> Okay, I copied it. What journalists can't uh, say, and you can't say belt, you can't say wrestling. It's it's granddaddy in the mall. It's so crazy. Uh, I'm gonna try to. You can't say WWF. Yeah. Did did do do you have the one? Do you have the the announcer one, or do you have the press release? Because I had the press release in my email. The press release is worse. So like, it was like a textbook. You can't say Jericho. Get him off, Kevin Dunn. Get him off. You can't yeah. say Sid. 
You can't say it all. Can't say it. Can't say Benoit. Can't say Nancy. Can't say Belt. What? You can say both, though. The Rock can come and you use the five letter B word. He can say that because he's the Rock. Right. Let's see. <laughs> it's um, like, come on, man. Here it is. <laughs> um, hold on a second. Let me see if this is. Oh. Uh, okay. Yep. Oh, you can't use use the word um, strangle. Let's see. Uh, type the high road of me crude if you're working on tape show. Um, you should not use verbiage written by a producer audience can always tell when an announcer is leading <clears throat> and it's a total disconnect. You should take the suggestive verbiage and make it your own words. Um, force passion. Um, Set up straight on all cameras. Okay, so that's media. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Do not use references of five-star match or match of the year by commentators of the match meant nothing. Um, <clears throat> please never use the word title changing hands again. Titles are won or lost. They don't change hands. So old. Also, we are never to use the term choked out or the word choke at all. Shrangle. We are. Yeah, uh, we sure. have renamed the Undertaker's submission the Triangle Submission Hold. <laughs> um, like, like, like the calf, the calf killer. No, the calf crusher. Move with the calf killer. Yeah. Do not use the word hatred. For example, Triple H and John Cena's hatred for Randy Orton. <laughs> um, let's see. Don't call blood. Don't say Edge is busted open and said instead say Edge got his teeth knocked out his throat or Edge's nose must be broken. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> it is like, uh, don't call the obvious it, 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 example the ref is counting to ten. Instead say Edge better get back in the ring or he'll be counted out. Don't say the audience is chanting for Matt Hardy. The audience can hear that plainly. Instead, lay out, let the audience at home feel the energy of the live crowd. Don't say the big show was uh, has huge hands. Say the big show's fist is the side of Jericho's head. Mac Her- Matt Her- uh, Mark Henry's back is three times the size of his opponents. Not Mark Henry has a huge back. Be careful when anointing anyone or any anything or anyone is the greatest of all time. Um, okay, here's so here's the, the here's the event. He, he here's the words to avoid, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? No, I said. Are you ready? Okay, words to avoid: belt, strap. We don't have belts or straps. We have championship titles. We have championships, titles. The belt represents something. Talk about what it represents, hard work, dedication, or it means, accomplishment of goals, bullseye for others. Words you also can't say, quote, the business, our industry, feud, war, performance, performer, choreographed, house show. Instead, use live event. Can't say backstage. 
Instead, use in the back or in the locker room area. Can't say pro wrestling or pro wrestler. Use superstar, star athlete. Can't use international. You have to use global. Can't say shot. Can't say acrobatics. Can't say interesting. Can't say DQ. You can't say talent. You have to use star, superstar, or diva. <clears throat> can't say me or I. Can't use inside terms such as uh, heel, baby face, blown up, shoot, rib, mark, etc. You can't use U.S. You instead have to say United States. You can't use fans. <clears throat> when possible, refer to the audience as you. In other situations, identify them. Raw's fans, our fans, Cena's fans. You can't use hospital. You have to use medical center. You can't use faction. You got to use group. You have to say now available instead of saying on sale. Uh, you, We never want to use the term the title is on the line. Instead, use more creative terms such as the title will be defended. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. You can't have fun. You can't make sense. Oh. Cesaro can't wear an old tights. You can't do this. Can't, unless you're Triple H, which he can easily say in the King of Kings, uh, I'm God uh, in a ring uh, with Rick Flair saying he's God. Well, Vince McMahon, you're not Triple H. You can't do anything. You can't have fun. Can't have storylines that make sense. You can't have the revival for the IC title. Score hot on their butt. And then download a SmackDown to be ashamed at Man's Henchman. You can't do anything. You can't do it. You oh can't use Jericho okay, and Titron. There's more. <clears throat> There's more. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was more. Okay. So this is from 2008. <clears throat> um, so there's just a bunch of different addendums, like... Uh, the latest one I saw was 2015, but there's the one there was like, oh, I think oh nine was the one I read from you or oh eight. Um, uh, not uh, can't use the term. This is from uh, October 16th, 2008. This is a note from uh, from uh, based on a Vince edict. <laughs> you can't use the word sports entertainment. You have to use entertainment in place. Um, can't use pronouns. Um, everyone hate. Uh, you have to ask questions. So you can't say, John Cena will never trust Randy Orton. You have to say, do you think Cena could ever trust Orton? <laughs> no one cares about what you, the announcer, thinks. Example, I think Cena is great. Put it on the fans. Example, boy, the fans really go crazy for Cena. Avoid words like obviously, I tell you, oh no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the life of a WWE announcer. <laughs> All right. Send me that second one. Email uh, me that second one. I yeah, I will. 
Yeah, message me afterwards. I'll, I I got to give JSP some love on that one, man. I'm going to give yeah, you a yeah. applause. Show separation. Breaking news. The brand split. Actually, let me give you a uh, – uh, let's do some type of uh, introduction to this because I love I love that comment. <laughs> oh, okay. Let me see. Let me see. I know I got a sound bite for this. Um, here we go, here we go, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. Instead of the brand split it will now be known as show separation (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it (laughs) michael said you can't say let me tell you something brother (laughs) oh man i love it i absolutely love it (laughs) yeah you can't is the wild card I forgot. I, I, I understand that, man. Finn, Finn came out looking like a little top and his huggy. Michael said, like, you can't I forgot say he was even <laughs> Can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, show separation. Can't show say show. air. Can't say yeah. wrestling. Can't do this. Can't spell. Can't see flex. Can't right. do the power driver. Can't do the curve stomp. So <laughs> Mo said, this up. is why JR can't quit <laughs> commentating. <laughs> right. Uh. <clears throat> You, you can't you can't do storylines to make any sense. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's see. Let's let's do let's do some quotes from. Uh, are you sure you can say separation? That's such a depressing. That's true. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You can't can't say separation either. Uh, so so, uh, uh, Dustin Rhodes. He Show also split. had some 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 words to say. Um. Let me see. I'm gonna try to find that as well. From old old Dustin Rhodes Bearbell. <clears throat> um, let me find that. Let's see. I'm gonna try to find those quotes too. Cause he he went into oh, here we go. <clears throat> Alright, so he says for the past four years with WWE I kind uh, I kind of lost my passion because let's face it, you're sitting in the back, you're not doing anything, and it's just really hard. It's frustrating. We have so much time to give, but time is running out because you're getting older. <clears throat> it sucks when you're not doing, when you're not being picked, and you're pitching these ideas to the writers and creative and to Vince and to whoever else will listen, but nothing happens. It's like, oh, well, <clears throat> oh, we'll just put you in a backstage segment standing in the hall. While Goldberg makes his blanking entrance. Thanks. I appreciate that. But but no thanks. Uh, he also said, I want it out. It was hard to get out. It's like prison. It it really is. It really is. It's one of the prisons that they take good care of you in. <laughs> but I needed to go do something else because I've, I'd been there for so long. Man. <clears throat> and again, I say, uh, this was... Uh, uh, 
pro wrestling uh, uh, hashtag <clears throat> uh, quotes. But yeah, it's. I mean, <laughs> again, it goes back to it goes back to this. <clears throat> if someone who's been a who's been a veteran in the business for twenty five years and has been a WWE guy for you know over twenty years off and on, um, uh, a <clears throat> well respected uh, he's Dusty Rhodes' son. You know, been in the business for 30 years, over 30 years, legend in the business, WWE Hall of Famer, you know, uh, shoe-in, WWE Hall of Famer. And and so here's the crazy thing. If him, if, if he can say something like that, it goes to show how everybody how many other people feel about about him so uh, i mean about about vince and so again if someone like the gold dust and <clears throat> dean ambrose who was the world champion let me let me say that one more time who was the world champion if people can say that uh about wwe and michael said can you say in public if you will <laughs> i love it <laughs> no, you cannot say in public if you, you will. <laughs> Can't say slobber knocker. Uh, someone said something with uh, some really good uh, <clears throat> talk about, but you can, but uh, Lars can make some comments and yeah. Uh, Axe Chris Tammy asks with Mox going to AW speaking out, would WWE refuse to grant any releases or will they release certain people? Um. <clears throat> but make them sign um, NDAs. Um, uh, I think, like I said, I think they're just holding people hostage. I don't see, I I don't see anybody, unless they just don't even, unless they don't even believe that you'll make it outside of WWE, they're going to keep you. Like they, they forced Luke Harper to stay in the WWE, they extended his contract to 2020. That that goes to show, you know, he clearly he wanted out, and they extended his contract to 2020 because they're holding people hostage, and it's it's a sad it's a sad reality. So, um, all right, so uh, let's go into uh, Eli Drake, um. Yeah, so, you know, I'm interested to know, because he's been on my show before. I'm going to try to get him back on. Um, I, I, I'm i going to, I'm going to see if I can bring Eli back on. <clears throat> and I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see what I can do about that. Because I'm interested to see his, to, to, to hear his thoughts on, based on all these people saying these things about WWE Basically, you know, the <laughs> the cage is, uh, you know, the, the cage is off. The cage has been unleashed, unleashed. And and basically you got people really sharing their feelings, um, uh, sharing those sharing their feelings about WWE. And again, I say someone is legendary and, and is uh well-respected business as Dusty and a world champion Dean, 
or, or John Moxley now, if they are saying it, just imagine the people like <clears throat> I'd imagine like an EC3, and I'm gonna try to find some stuff on that. I'm trying to do some digging. I'd imagine like an EC3, an Apollo Cruz, a Mojo Raleigh. All of them Nakamura. are just like, what in the heck? Even I would say even um even uh Bobby Roode. You know, like someone like them are just like, Man, I don't even know why I'm here and what I'm doing, what I'm doing. I'm so unhappy. And so I think they're holding people hostage. Unfortunate. Robert Rick can always try to cross the line with impact. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, he'll be a champ within uh, no time. (laughs) But but I got to give shout-out to Impact Wrestling, though. I got to give – I mean, I've been really enjoying Impact's Impact's product lately. Impact is doing well. Yeah. Not now, Michael. Uh, Impact is not dead. Uh, Impact is doing very well. I advise everyone to check it out. Um, Impact Wrestling. Like I said, we just had, you know, Chris just had Michael Elgin. Yep. Just had um, Michael on the show. On the show. Yep. We had, we got some, you know, our good buddy, Brian Cage. We have a lot of good buddies that work for Impact. They're yep. doing well. It's, it's, <clears throat> it's just imagine people are not happy in their days. And that's just a boss move. It's like, look, we're going to keep you the next year. You can't go nowhere. And, and look, Eli Drake, and I know you had him, um, Interesting to see what he's going to do. You know, someone say he'd be good at NXT. Uh, it's either NXT, RH, or if AEW's even interested, they just keep doing indies or MLW because he's going to get lost in the shuffle in the main roster. Yeah. In WWE. See, so a- a- AEW. AEW doesn't want to be the 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 uh, exactly the federation that brings every single person from WWE, and it'll just be another oversaturated organization. You know? TNA, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And and Eli, like 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 Am, like well, post we call him post Dean, like post Dean said, and I got I really I always respected Dean, but even after watching to them interviews, even more. Some people just work so great with all scripted stuff. Eli is hilarious. He's naturally funny. He is. I'm, I, I've even seen him at. Uh, I've seen him in act with fans and talked to him at a couple of conventions over the past year. He's funny dude. <clears throat> Doesn't do well with scripted promos. And yeah. I, he, he has a good good enough name there. You, I mean, he's not, of course, like an upper echelon guy, but he's good enough to wear some name recognition. He's getting a ring, and Impact is doing well. Uh, it should be world wrestling purgatory. Everyone, I've never seen WWE have so many stars, and, and it has to be athletically. And uh, like one of my TV guys that did work for WWE was on my show earlier today. There has to be one of the most gifted, athletic, talented roster WWE has ever had in history. But the creative sucks. There's so many people in purgatory. Look at Braun Strowman, look at Lashley. Look at Roman Reigns. Reigns is in purgatory. Can you believe that? Look at Sinsuke. He's just there. Look at Alistair Black hanging out in tunnels. And, and what are you doing? There's so many people that are in purgatory right now. with door storylines. No one cares about Reigns against Shane. No one cares about the revival. Reigns, you know, what is he doing? No one really cares. Look at McIntyre. Let me water him down. Lashley is, is lost. He needs a manager. Good dude, Ashley is. There's so many people 
And as you said, it is lost in the shuffle. No one in WWE besides Bray, and I'm not counting NXT, in the main roster seems to have any type of direction besides Bray. Reigns is just floating. You know, look at everything. I'm okay with Reigns. With, uh, I'm okay with Reigns and Shane just because it's causing Reigns to get some yeah. some type of baby face. You know, he's getting over. Like, they were t- – Talking about we won Roman yesterday at Raw, and let's let's transition real quick to Raw and SmackDown. Um, <clears throat> I think real quick, I think Eli Drake would be good in NXT. I think NXT would be something that he, but you know he, if I was Eli Drake, I would make a living being a successful NXT guy, and I'd be cool with it. <laughs> I'd be like, don't take, don't bring me to the main roster. I know I'll be buried just like everybody else. <clears throat> Keep me in NXT, and I'd be cool. I think that would be a good place for him. Um, I really, you know, that, that maybe, maybe AEW, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think NXT is, is, would be the place. Yeah, for NXT. Right. Um, and I mean, we're talking about people not being underutilized. Your raw tag team champions, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder are not, <laughs> are, are, are not even being utilized on raw. I mean, that pretty much says it all right there. Kurt, Kurt Hawkins and Ryder. <laughs> Anybody see me that know me, you know I'm a big collector. Um, like Hawkins and Ryder are. The collection's huge. You know, Chris knows and uh, JHP and Lexi knows this. They're most entertaining. Watching the Golgi team, watch Figure It Out. Figure It Out, that you figure. Uh, they're entertaining, and they're not overall. And we haven't seen them. I think the War, War Raiders, War Machine, whatever you call them, Braveheart, them dudes, Hot War, haven't been on TV as long as them. It is just, it is a sad, man. It, it, you got the tag chance. Imagine that back in the day in the 90s. Could you imagine You go imagine three or four weeks straight with Fawcett and the Hardy Boys, Edgar Christian, the Dudleys, the Hart Foundation, Demolition. Uh, going in the 80 Strike Force, WCW, seeing the Road Warriors, the Steiner Brothers, the Nasty Boys, Harlem Heat, Sting and Leaguer, uh, Dusty and Nikita, the Midnight Express, Rock Rose. Imagine going one week maybe, but going four weeks straight with Fox saying get tag team champion. Just imagine that. Now, here's the thing. You know I mean, I, I, I'm cool with not seeing them a lot, but I'm not cool with their um, – just our overall booking because we but didn't yeah, see, you know, we thing. didn't see Hogan a lot, you know what I mean? And, right. I, and I think that, that was good, but I, I think but, with, but Hogan, with, with Hawkins and Ryder, like they're being, the last time that they were on Raw was May the 6th and they lost to the Viking Raiders in two minutes and 45 seconds. That pretty much sums it up. The last time they won on television was April the 29th. So, and those are your tag team champions, ladies and gentlemen. They're pretty much. Yeah, that's what I think is they don't have to wrestle every night. Well, even, okay, we go a week where we don't see them. But at least if it's a segment, make it relevant. Like you said, Hogan wasn't there every week. When Hogan did there, he was doing promo. He didn't wrestle. The Steiner brothers sometimes didn't wrestle. They just came out wearing the leather jackets, even though it was August. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it, it's something. It just, you know, make them yeah. relevant. Make them mean something. Look, the, the, the Iconics. Didn't they get a win last night the first time since Mania? No, no. Uh, or did he leave? Peyton Royce Trump's lost in the uh, singles to Nikki Cross. 
They'll let you know. I got to switch up. Nikki Cross with the yeah. busted mouth. All right, let's see. <laughs> Lex is asking, do you believe that the negative press surrounding VKM and his feelings being displayed by X Talon is a plot or a type of coup to put Triple H in power? <laughs> um, I don't think that's deliberately that oh. way, but it definitely could be. Triple H, he he wants that. He wants that role. You can you can tell that he's like he really really wants that role. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. Forget what you hear on other shows or what you may read online. If you read anything different than what we're about to say, you only go ahead on my show. Other than that, radio pancakes and power slams. Triple H is not. Going to take over WWE. I know the network is doing their own thing. Vincent Kennedy McMahon is not going anywhere. He's not giving up more power to Triple H to the degree Vince McMahon is still going to have the final say. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. Vince is still going to have the final say when it comes to Raw and Summer SmackDown. NST is Triple H's baby. Everybody be saying, oh, he's going to give it up. He's not. Vince is not giving that seat up nope. until he dies. We got to remember, Vince and Kennedy McMahon grew up poor. He was in the trailer park. And Vince and Kennedy McMahon did not get power over the WWF back then until his father was on his deathbed. He had no choice to give it up. So Triple H and Stephanie, mainly Stephanie and Triple H, is not going to get the reins of the WWE Incorporated. And, uh, and until that day comes when Vincent Kennedy McMahon either goes on to glory or becomes senile or, or gets to where he can't do it. Vince still stays at the office at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. He gets up early. He still works out. He's super competitive. And this is coming from people that we know, the J.J. Yellen, the Michael Hayes, the Kevin Nashes, <clears throat> the people that's worked with Kevin Dunn, the Cornettes, the people that we know personally and professionally that's worked with Vince in the Vince house. Vince McMahon is not going anywhere to the good little call them home. You know, the closest thing we got to see Triple H running is NXT. Yeah. That's, NXT, that's, 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 we'll that's, talk that's, about NXT in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, what year and event Vincent. was the first ma- Money in the Bank match? Uh, what year and event? All right, let's uh, roll here. Just give me your Raw and SmackDown grades. Um, <clears throat> I personally liked Raw and SmackDown both. Uh, I, I thought I gave – I thought Raw was one of the more more solid shows of the year, actually. Um, probably because it had that legendary feel to it. Um, it was really it was packed. I, I give it like a B minus. I liked it. Um, now, they, of course, there were some um, moments that just you know was just normal every every week. Of, we talked about the Mysterio part. Um, I like the I like the Brock teases, um, <clears throat> but SmackDown to me was good. I, I think SmackDown was better. I loved, I absolutely loved, um, the Undertaker Goldberg spot, man. I loved it. So, all right, uh, let me. It, it, matter, matter of fact, we got to roll. Let's uh, let's. I'm gonna play that clip real quick. <clears throat> um, and for those in the chat room, that the um, the the. Uh, grades are there. Kimbo CC, Michael's, uh, Michael C plus, uh, Evan B minus B plus, GSP B and C. Um, GSP said he thinks that Roman Reigns, uh, he could see Roman Reigns uh, <laughs> do a Superman punch while uh, Shane's doing a coast to coast. So, 
All right, so let me uh, go ahead and play this real quick. Um, this Undertaker Goldberg clip. I told you I was going to do that. This is my interview with Goldberg last year, and uh, I'll be right back. This is a really short clip of the the interview was long, but this is a short clip of uh, when he was talking about the Undertaker. Okay, um, whether it's Reigns or or Taker. Um, or any, well, I don't know, I, I'm not going to say anybody else. Hey, Reigns and Taker are the two guys on my list right now. I mean, obviously for two different reasons, but, uh, you know, I'd be honored to get in the ring with either one of them. Yeah. And and I still owe Brock one, but uh, I'm two and one on it. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, the, the chapter between you and Brock may be close because at the end of the day, you still have a winning record, so it's all good. So. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, go go check the full interview uh, back on the uh, PMP show last year. Uh, really good interview with uh, Bill Goldberg that I had. All right, so uh, also let's see. Alex is asking, "Why do you think the Dark Side of the Ring series have not been tu- have not touched the Benoit case?" Um, they're thinking about doing it next season. Uh, I think that that's something they'll be interested in doing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and speaking of that, again, Lexi, in a few weeks, I got somebody else talking about Dark Side of the Ring. So uh, uh, have uh, have your antennas ready for that. It's going to be really cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, like I said, I I loved the Taker Goldberg part. I absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, it the kid cool. back in me. So, uh, all right, Flavor of the Week. Here we go. It is now time for the Flavor of the week. All right, we'll go back to the original this week. <clears throat> we'll go back to the original. Oh yeah. <clears throat> All right. So uh, we're gonna talk just a real quick discussion, five minutes on uh, who do, do you think? Uh, like I said, I, I tweeted this a few days ago. And I just want your, your your thoughts, everybody's thoughts. Do you think that Nancy Benoit, and it's funny that you asked that, Lexi, because the player of the week is, do you think that Nancy Benoit should be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Just give me a yes or no and why. Uh, Evan, real quick, what, what, what are your thoughts on it? No. Definitely no. Because the same because of the controversy with, 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 uh, with Chris. You can't mention her now with all being tied up with their wall and tied up with their PR moves. So no. So it was another other thing that yes, I mean she had a pretty good career. She held her own with Flair and did a lot of things too. But uh because it's WWE, if you will, they don't that PR backlash because she's been was you know, uh, was Bill Wall's wife, so sadly, gotta see no. <laughs> Eli, I like it. <laughs> uh, good comment, Eli. Um, Chris's issue, and and it was a really bad issue, and it was a really bad moment, and I think that he sabotaged his whole, um, you know, you did a double murder and a suicide, okay, so let's, let's be clear on that, you don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, you would have... If you didn't kill yourself, you would have been in jail for the rest of your life. So you don't be you don't be in the Hall of Fame for that. Uh, 
So, I mean, now, of course, other people have done crazy stuff, but, I mean, this is the worst of the worst. But I don't yeah. think that Nancy should be penalized for what Chris did. And I, and I think, and, and I think because, well, I mean, I don't agree. I don't, I don't agree that Chris Benoit, I think that Chris Benoit should be in the WWE Hall of Fame based on his resume. 100% agree with that. But at the same time, I mean, there's no way. I mean, he, he made a terrible, terrible decision. Um, and, you know, that's, that's just something that WWE PR at this point, they will never be able to explain rightfully. Yeah. You just, you just can't, <laughs> you, you can't, you can't explain that. Um, you know, people were yeah. lobbying for the fabulous Mula to be taken off of having her name as the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and, and, you know, just think about, uh, you know, Chris Benoit being in the Hall of Fame. I mean, so, but Nancy, though, but Nancy, real quick, Nancy, though, I think that Nancy should be in because Nancy, um, uh, well, GSP Benoit in the Hall of Fame without a ceremony. I don't think, I don't think that Chris should be, but I think that Nancy should be, though. I think you know the, how they have how they have the uh, the legacy wing of just people who is in the Hall of Fame, you know, uh, who should be in the Hall of Fame, but they're not going to do a ceremony for like they like Luna Vachon, They put her in the legacy wing. Uh, I think that Nancy Benoit should be in the legacy. Yeah. wing. they should put her yeah. in the Hall of Fame in some yeah. form or fashion. Put her in the legacy wing. Yeah. She's still a I Hall of Famer. I, I think that that's a good medium. You don't have to have a ceremony for Nancy, but still put woman as a character in the legacy wing of the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, Lexi said, if new evidence uh, came to like questioning Benoit's guilt, would you consider your stance? See, questioning his guilt still wouldn't be a, a, enough to, recon, to reconsider my, um, my stance. I mean, he's right now, based on the evidence that and I just wrote an article about it. I just wrote a Ben Ar- Benoit article uh, last week about it. Got over twelve thousand reads, and um, I, I, it made me dig again, made me research again. I actually wrote a fifteen-page paper uh, for my psychology uh, courses on Benoit, uh, and I'm actually trying to. I wrote it a few years back, and I'm trying to get it published. Um, so I've done a lot of research about Chris Benoit, and based on what I've seen. Um, I mean, there's nothing that will change my mind based on based on what I what I've researched. And I've done a lot of research about it. So, uh, all right. Uh, yeah. uh, GSP said, last question: Who should be the next woman inducted into the Hall of Fame 2020? I can't think of any. Uh, Victoria, hands down. Victoria should be in the Hall of Fame. Victoria. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's go ahead and close it there. Um. It's been awesome, awesome. Uh, GSP said, "What the ceremony? Yeah, it should be Victoria. Victoria should be the whole thing. Hands down. Uh, All right, ladies and gentlemen, 375 episodes in the books. Again, thanks, big thanks to Michael Elgin. Uh, July 7th, big show, anniversary, one of the biggest shows of the year. It's been a pleasure to have a uh, an awesome show with you all. Just as always, 375 episodes." In the books, on behalf of Evan Tech Proud, I am Chris Featherstone. 
on behalf of Pancakes and Power Sam Show, episode 375. Enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. And always remember, I do it for you. Have a good night, everybody. God bless. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.